You're listening to UX Podcast brought to you from Stockholm, Sweden. For people passionate about balancing business, technology and users within the realm of digital media. Helping you break down silos, here are your hosts, James Royal Lawson and Per Axboom. Hello. Oh, were you going to do it? No, go, go ahead. Go, go just start it. I was going to do it for once. Go on. <laughs> Yo, you go ahead. No, go ahead. you've set me now. <laughs> what episode are we on, James? 31. Excellent. We had to check just before. <laughs> uh, Welcome. Oh. It's, um, it's, a, it's a cold Monday afternoon here in Stockholm. It um, is really cold in your studio. I, I know. It's Mondays are always the coldest day because it, it cools down over the weekend. Mm. But I did try and warm it up. And it's raining outside and it's a little bit windy. And they say that snow is on the way. But, oh, really? Um, it could be. It's coming from the south. But um, it'll I, be awful if it does come because it's too warm. I never check the weather service. I wonder why not. Ah, you're not English enough. No. Or Swedish enough. Well, I'm not Swedish enough either. No, so. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, today we're going to be talking about infographics. Yeah. And, um, well, one of the reasons why we're going to be talking about it is because you have produced a couple of infographics recently, Per. Yeah, one for Brian Clifton. Uh, we've also interviewed here on UX Podcast. That's true. And, and also one uh, for Digital, which is um, an abbreviation for Digital Dialectic, which basically means digital participation. Yeah. Uh, and so, and that that kind of got me. <laughs> I, I got um, my teeth into Perth earlier. Oh, last week about the fact that he produced a infographic about um, the amount of people exclude outside of the internet, excluded from the internet, that in itself excluded people because it was a flat graphic. Um, yeah. So for once, we almost disagreed on something. We almost we, disagreed. This we have to talk about. Yeah. So um, what we've done is we've we've decided to give it an access- accessibility angle. Mm. Um, and we're going to give um, Derek Featherstone a call, who is well, an accessibility guy, a really good accessibility guy. Um, we've um, we met him at um, UXLX in Portugal yep. this um, in Lisbon this year and chatted to him. Mm. Um, and I think one of his his talk on the Friday was one of my favourite ones from the Friday. Um, yeah, which you can go, you yeah. can go back and look at our notes and earlier mm. podcasts about that. Mm. Um, and I also part, took part in his workshop, which was which was really good. Yeah. Um, well, he's basically an authority on accessibility, and, and we really like like his stuff and what he produces and what he talks about. And he's been doing this for a lot of years. Yeah. And he kindly said yes to being interviewed today. Yeah. So, so um, let's, let's call him here up. Here we go. Cue jingle. Hello there. Hello, Derek. Uh, so let's give you a brief background about uh, why we wanted to talk to you. Sure. Uh, so... I've been an advocate of accessibility for, for a lot of years. I worked in the usability arena for like, I don't know, 15 years now, maybe. And um, recently, uh, I produced like two infographics. And uh, James has been giving me a hard time about <laughs> infographics. As we both know that they're not very accessible. Right. Uh, at the same time, they're incredible at getting people to share them and getting tweets and... Um, Getting people's attention, basically. Yeah, as far as yeah. content marketing mm. goes, they're, well, they're they're undoubtedly a really good tool. Yeah. So Definitely. so talking about this, we realized we need to talk to a professional. <laughs> and James <laughs> James thought of you. He, James, you were at uh, Derek's workshop in uh, at UXLX. Yeah, I was I was at the yeah. workshop then, and um, yeah, we, we chatted a little bit as well. I think yeah. after your, did. your talk on the um, on the Friday. Um, yeah. I think both me and Per are still using the um, um, the, the event website example that you, you ran through then. As, yeah, um, Good. I, I did the sketch notes of your talk uh, on, yes. the, on, on the yeah. Friday. 
Yeah, I remember those. Those are beautiful. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Talking like about accessibility. Yeah, <laughs> it's not very accessible either. No, then just the roof graphics. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. Indeed. Yeah. Uh, so I even uh, I even joined the uh, W3C um, group for accessible infographics, but that group seems quite dead as well. It's not the most active of groups, no. it seems. And no, I, I think I joined it not too long ago as well, and yeah. and yeah, just very quiet, not a lot happening. Mm-hmm. Now, but what's what really sparked me off last week about um, infographics again and the mm-hmm. accessibility side? Because um, me and you, pair have discussed it a few times. But you did that infographic for um, um, something called Digidel here yeah. in Sweden, um, which is a, a task force, I suppose you'd call it, a task force about um, yeah. digital inclusion. Is that a good way of saying? Yeah, it? probably. It's it's funded by the same people who actually give out the S dot SE domain name. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I. Well, and the content of the infographic was about the percentage of Swedes who are excluded from from the internet, um, and, and very you know, for various reasons. Um, partly because of choice, partly because they think it's it's difficult to ac- you know, access, and mm. partly because of disabilities. Yeah, right. Uh, so you see the irony of it. <laughs> Indeed. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I, I jumped on the chance to, to pick on Pear a little bit about the fact yeah. that he did an infographic about the exclusion of people mm. that excluded people. Brilliant. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so what we want to get our head, around, our head around here is, I mean, what is the best practice? What should we be doing to, to make this as accessible to as many people as possible? Right. And, and oh, first, right. just tell us a bit about your background and yourself. Sure. And your, and your so, so I've been uh, an accessibility uh, specialist for uh, many years, probably about... Uh, 12 or 13 years now. And so our, our company is simply accessible and we're based here in Ottawa, Canada. And we've got people that, that work for us. Um, everybody is remote. Uh, so we're a remote workforce mm-hmm. and we've got a whole, a very diverse team that is made up of people that are really good at what they do and then also have uh, really significant accessibility skills. So uh, it's something that we've all we've all committed to. So we're not just a bunch of accessibility specialists. We're uh, we have you know for example a, a great information architect that is also really really well versed in accessibility. We've got a great designer and developer that is also uh, you know fantastic with accessibility. We've got. Um, you know, even even our our business development people and people that are uh, working with sort of enterprise level clients, larger clients. Uh, they're not just business development people. They're they're focused on the accessibility side of things. And so we're we're kind of a, a team that is really kind of all committed to to making everything that we can as accessible as possible. Mm. Uh, and so that's, I mean, that's us in a nutshell, really. It's accessible, creating accessible user experiences is, it's kind of our core. It's what motivates us all. So that's, um, that's, that's sort of us in, uh, in a nutshell. We have uh, a team of, of eight people uh, sort of scattered around, uh, scattered around North America. And, and uh, we're, we're really, really happy with the, uh, you know, with the, with the team that we have and and everything that we get to do, we get to work on some pretty exciting projects. So, mm-hmm. 
So basically, you hate infographics. <laughs> no, actually, I, I love them. I think they're, yeah. they're really, like, as you said, they're really important tools. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think in, in some ways, they're, you know, they're, there's a part of me that thinks that you know, what, what's happening a lot is that our first reaction now is, oh, we need, a, we need an infographic about that. And so yeah. there's a lot of, yeah. <clears throat> everything is turning into an infographic. <clears throat> and that's, yeah. that's not necessarily uh, a bad thing. It's just something that we need to, we need to keep in mind. And, and you know, I, I think they're really quite incredible, um, quite incredible tools. Uh, what we really need to do, though, I think, uh, is, is look at what they look at what they provide, right? What is it that they're they're actually trying to accomplish? And and in some cases, they're simply uh, you know static image representing uh, certain pieces of information in new and creative ways. Uh, in other cases, there we've seen a lot of of content where an infographic is actually something more than just an infographic it's a bit more interactive so mm -hmm. it really depends on on what type of of uh, infographic you're looking at uh, but the bottom line is for all of them is is we when we look at them and try to think about you know how are we going to make that accessible it really comes down to what's the purpose of that infographic in the first place right what are we what are we trying to communicate and and how is that being communicated um, and, and so one of the, you know, one of the things that we'll always look at, and and there's there's a lot of myths about accessibility, not just infogra infographic accessibility, but one of the myths that is quite common in the uh, in the accessibility space is that people think that that accessible means it doesn't have graphics, right? And yeah, and yeah. that's that's really something that just isn't just isn't true. In fact, when we talk about you know, more universal design and inclusive design, designing something that's going to work for everybody, um, quite often we need to include more graphics mm -hmm. than we typically do because they're, they're easier to understand for some people than, yeah. than the reams and reams of text that, mm -hmm. uh, that people tend to write. So yeah. We, yeah. We, a saying that we typically use is something like this. You know, most people are familiar with the phrase, a picture is worth a thousand words. And then some people will take that a step further and say, but some people need the thousand words. Um, I actually take, like to take that a step further and say, some people actually need both. They need both the picture and the thousand words to get the full picture mm, of, yeah. of what, what you're trying to convey uh, with, with that infographic or that text. Yep. So I think that's... You know, that's a that's a, a big a big piece of this is is really having a good understanding of what it is that we're trying to convey, and and trying to do that in such a way that that message can can be shared and or understood by as many different people as possible. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because I mean the the, the well, classic visual impairment is the thing you instantly think of when you see mm -hmm. a infographic. But um, I mean you but Meepa talked a bit earlier about that there's a whole range of accessibilities that. Yeah. Well, cognitive and um, right, so like on. cognitive disabilities, like I have, and I need pictures to understand things. And yeah, and the words might be just too much for yeah. you. Just the so the actually, long actually, you would say probably that even just having words means excluding people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the the fact that you know, I, I use uh, this 
kind of classic example all the time. If you think of a, a web application, for example, we use we use icons to convey specific meaning, mm-hmm. and and most people think that those icons really are sort of the supplement to uh, to the error message that goes there or to the success message that goes there, mm-hmm. and and in reality. Your your perspective on whether or not the icons communicate more meaning or the words communicate more meaning is entirely dependent on the language that you speak. So the you know in an if if I'm using a, a web application that happens to be in in a different language, the icons are probably going to be more meaningful to me than the than the uh, than the words that are that are going you know, that are that are displayed beside those icons. So. You know, it's it's really it's. I think it's that's part of the reason that I think it's a really important tool having, <clears throat> excuse me, having that that visual representation for the words actually is designed to make things easier to understand for people that that maybe don't have the same literacy skills as as uh, you know as everybody else or or as as the people that you sort of uh, designed this this uh, this content for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, so what would your recommendation be to someone? I mean, like you said, there's like a lot of times these days people have a gut feeling. Let's do an infographic, but we've seen a lot of poor implementations of infographics as well that are are just text or just completely well not not easy to understand at least. And just thinking, well, it's, it comes back to what you were saying about what's the purpose of the infographic and what do we want to accomplish with this. Um, but if we really want to make as many people as possible understand it. Does it come down to having complementing the infographic with text, or are there any other ways that you've seen? Uh, I mean, there's a there's a number of things that you that you can do. One of them would be, um, you know, to have some, you know, the the obvious one is to have some form of 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 text that is that is in the infographic that supports it. Uh, other things that we've seen people do, and and that we recommend would even be to make some of these infographics um, a little bit more uh, interactive uh, in that we we don't make them just so that they're one big static image you can actually take the time to to make it so that the text is all real text and not text that is locked down in an image it could just be text that is that is built into into the web page or Mm, yeah. um, or, or something that's that's uh, you know that is is easily readable by assistive technology. Mm. <coughs> Excuse me, sorry, just getting over a getting over a cold here. Yeah, it's um, autumn. I think we've all got it. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Exactly. We've just had our first snowfall here today, and I'm I'm very disappointed in that. So uh, well, there's rumors uh, that it's coming here to Stockholm today as well, but I haven't seen uh, it. Yet. Not uh, <laughs> not fun. Um, so you know, I, I think part of it is is being able to say, okay, well, what is the purpose of this? What's the message that we're trying to convey? How do we do that from a graphic perspective? How do we do that from a text perspective? Can we bring those two things and marry them together so that they're, they're both part of it? Mm-hmm. Um, and and there's, other, you know, there's other things that we can do as well. And we quite often, when we're creating some type of an infographic or a complex visual, we'll, we will provide uh, another version um, where where somebody can toggle say between here's the graphic version of this piece of data and here's the uh, and not just a textual description of it but here's a here's a, a table of data that actually made up 
the that formed the basis for that the the graphic component. Quite often, you'll see things like like par ch- pie charts or bar charts. Um, that that data all came from somewhere, yeah. right? So it's it's fairly straightforward to be able to to add in something that allows people to toggle between different views. Mm-hmm. Um, and and in some cases, you may actually want to say, you know, show me. Um, and then I'm of course I'm paraphrasing. You would never really phrase it this way in the in the infographic itself. But you would have some mechanism that says, you know, view view the graphic version, view the tabular version, or maybe view both versions together. Um, so there's there's you know quite a few different things that you can do, and it could just be as simple as that. It could be uh, providing detailed text. Uh, we see a lot of uh, map visualizations where detailed text is provided, uh, as lo- as well as the the visual that is provided by the map, um, where where both are presented as viable options for getting at the information that's that's available. Right. So there, there's you know there's lots of different different options that are um, that are available to you. Uh, it's really a matter of I, I think anyway. It's a matter of thinking about the purpose and thinking about how we can convey these things in in other ways. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it's a lot of this reminds me. It's a throwback to the '90s when we we're we're seeing lots of websites that were completely image based, and, and some of the things we're talking about now are what we've been nagging about for 15 or so years. Like, you know, don't use full images for each web page. You know, break it down into HTML and mm-hmm. make it interactive. Allow bits to be clickable. It's the same journey, kind of again, but within my infographics rather than. The website as a whole, yeah. absolutely, and I, th- I think that's that's kind of a testament to the kinds of things that we've been been saying for for a long time, right? We're really focusing on core principles of of access mm. and and being able to uh, take those principles and apply them in in new fields, right? So now we're looking at uh, the same, you know, d- a different type of information or a different implementation, mm. but the same core principles apply, right? Yeah. And and that's I, that's I think for me anyway that's part of the beauty of accessibility is that that we have these these principles in mind of of making sure that something is accessible in in as many different ways as possible, and we just continue to uh, to see new scenarios where people are trying new creative things, and we get to look at ways of applying those uh, those core principles to whatever it is that you're you're building or designing. Yeah. Mm. The two things about, I mean, making infographics more interactive. One is that I really love uh, the shareability of flat <laughs> images. The, right. People put them on Pinterest. People share them on Facebook. They spread all over the place, uh, which means that they go viral more easily than if you have to visit a web page specifically to interact with, with the infographic. Mm. And the other thing is uh, cost. How do we determine how many days we put into this how many, how many days work could put mm. into this? Um, if I produce an infographic that's a graphic in, in one day and maybe it takes me three days to put, put something into HTML5 or Make it more whatever. accessible. Mm. Yeah. So that's that's usually what you, I mean, working with a client, how would you forward that to them saying that we probably needed to make it more interactive to reach more people, but how many more people will we reach? No idea. Yeah. Well, that, yeah, that's a, that's a tricky one because yeah. the, the mm. true... You know the the reality of it is, you also don't know how many people you're going to reach in the first place, mm-hmm. right? The 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 additional 
people that you'll re- that you will reach by making it more uh, you know by more making it more interactive uh, in that maybe there's a, a web page that supports it with some real HTML text. I mean, there's there's no way to there is no way to really measure that um, because you don't know how many people are actually going there because they have have some type of disability or or need a slightly different experience. Yeah. Um, you know, and and you really don't know what the reach of that individual flat flattened image file is going to be in the first place yeah. uh, anyway. So it's you, you almost have the same problem there. The the nice thing about the you know a more html centric version or or something that uses um, svg or or something else uh, is is that you get the additional benefit of having that that text on there in the first place which means that it's now uh, you know it's not something that's just going to be on pinterest or or posted on facebook it's also going to have that text that is now searchable and spiderable by by search engines and and it's it's easier to um, you know to to disseminate and have that listed in search engines as well. Whereas a lot of that text that's that's locked down in images um, doesn't have the same um, you know. And, and it's not that that optical character recognition doesn't exist and that technology doesn't exist, but it's it's certainly much more open for it to be just out there in some HTML type format in the first place. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. You're right. That the a lot of infographics are, are difficult. They're, they've not got good accessibility for search engines either because we, we've been very creative about how we show information, and mm-hmm. it's not always in a way that's going to work with OCR. Yeah, exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. So the the other you know the other side of it is the shareability, and I think that's you know that poses some interesting. Uh, some interesting challenges, and I think in a lot of ways, you know, the 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 shareability of it is is the same type of problem that we have with PDFs, right? Yeah. I mean, people yeah. like PDFs because it's just this flattened thing that mm. that can be distributed. Now, the the interesting thing, of course, about PDF is that that those PDFs have uh, have accessibility features that can be built in now. Uh, right. Whereas, uh, you know, if you were just distributing a, you know, a really large JPEG or a, a PNG file, um, there you you don't have any accessibility built into that because it's entirely flattened. So maybe maybe that's something where, you know, when you're sharing these things, we need to make sure that somehow in all of those images, there's there is some way to embed some kind of a URL or something in there that will point back mm. to. Uh, to to some other resource that yeah, yeah. you know maybe serves as an original and has uh, a bit more of the 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 uh, the original text in it without it being all flattened into an image. Yeah. I mean the cost the cost is a that's a tricky one too, right? How how much time do we how much time do we spend for mm-hmm. a, an unknown audience? I mean the the reality of it is there's we we spend a lot of time on. <laughs> on, on, on unknown yeah. audiences in the first place. Yeah, so. yeah. The, the return investment of, and cost of, of web content or, mar- or content marketing is it's the same question really, whether it's an infographic and accessibility mm-hmm. or, or general content yeah. marketing. Uh, absolutely. I think people are just sort of looking at it and saying, yeah. well, we can't quantify the cost and, and we can't we can't say that uh, this is this has this much more return on investment for doing this in an accessible way. And in reality, they, they have just as tough a time proving the ROI for doing it in in the first place. So yeah, yeah. 
How about if I put forth the argument that one way of working with infographics would be that also to work with infographics in, a, in an agile way, which is quite popular these days. Like put something out there and try to measure any which way you can, but based on data you have from other, other content you have out there. Is this really becoming popular? Yes, it is. Then we put more resources into actually uh-huh. making it more accessible than it was when you first posted it. Yeah, that, that's quite uh, you know uh-huh. a, quite a, a reasonable approach. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's certainly nothing. <laughs> I mean, in an ideal world, we would we would have uh, here's here's an infographic and here's um you know, here's the more accessible version of it. We would have both of those things live at the same time. Uh, the the reality of it is that that we even have scenarios where, and again, not that I'm always going to keep coming back to this, but people that have PDFs. When we're working with people that that have specific number of PDFs online, let's say they've got a hundred PDFs, um, when we're looking at which ones should we make accessible uh, or or more accessible. We almost always base it on on statistics, right? right? Mm-hmm. What are your What are your top you know top twenty uh, out of those hundred PDFs, or the top twenty percent, or what are the most trafficked? Which ones are the most important to your organization, and and prioritize that way? I mean, ultimately, the end goal is that that we have more accessible versions of of everything, mm-hmm. but the reality is that that can't all happen overnight, particularly if if the if they weren't built with accessibility in mind in the first place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, it's really something that, uh, you know, there's, there's prioritization decisions that need to be made mm. by, you know, by somebody else as well. It's not, uh, this is not strictly an accessibility problem. This is a problem that we have, mm. you know, everywhere. Yeah. I mean, if we, if we sum up a little bit, then we, what we're saying is, yep, we need to, we need to educate, raise the bar generally about, accessible infographics but then also we're going to have to prioritize and and it's a, it's a resource question yeah. but i do like your suggestion too pair about working um iteratively mm-hmm. and you know picking out the 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 winning infographics yeah. and giving them a, a little bit extra resource yeah. and a bigger hug and um oh, making them more accessible for more audiences yeah yeah and it would be really interesting to do <clears throat> excuse me even maybe even do some sort of A-B test, right? We publish, publish two infographics at the same time or roughly the same time, and one has uh, an accessible version and one, Ooh, one doesn't. Uh, I, I, would, you know, I, I don't want to – I even have potential ethical concerns with that, <laughs> say, you know, knowingly <laughs> saying we're going to publish something that we know is not accessible. Mm-hmm. Um, but at some point, if you're already doing that anyway – um, you know, an A/B test might be a really interesting way of seeing, uh, you know, what kind of what kind of traction or what kind of um, what kind of traffic the more accessible version uh, gets. Uh, you know, it, we're we're looking at, you know, we think we automatically think about screen reader users. Um, you know, it's sort of the 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 instant reaction that people have when we talk about accessibility, but mm. the interactivity that might be available. To people that have uh, low vision, for example, would be you know a really significant advantage. There's there's um, you know quite likely more people with low vision or varying degrees of low vision than there are that are completely blind that are using screen readers. Yeah, so yeah. the 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 flexibility of format that we have with HTML and and even SVG is is much uh, much greater than we have 
with a with a flattened image and the ability for somebody to and we we worked on a with with a, a client on a number of of infographics that were actually showing data and trends and things like that they were they were not sort of your traditional uh, infographic content marketing type thing but they were actually showing you know pieces of data uh, and and we that was all built using uh, SVG or Canvas uh, and and having accessible alternatives for for each one in in some cases what we were actually able to see and we built a, an SVG map that was fully responsive mm-hmm. and and so as you increased the font size the map increased in size as well oh, and as right. you increased and decreased the size of containers mm. things adjusted to to fit and there was there was just a, a lot more flexibility in that format than than something that was locked down, and so we, you know, we definitely need to think beyond just screen reader access. We need to think about how is somebody with low vision going to to have access to this? Mm-hmm. How is somebody that uh, that that uses uh, voice recognition software like Dragon Naturally Speaking? How are they going to get access to this? Uh, is it something where, uh, you know, somebody that has a, a cognitive disability that, you know, they may have software that specifically, you know, they may use screen readers or screen reader-like software to say, I want you to, I, I want the computer to read this to me as I'm looking at it so that I have full-on access to the visual, but I also hear it being read to me. Uh, that mm-hmm. that. That's not all that uncommon uh, yeah, that, that people with through. cognitive disabilities mm-hmm. will use screen reader type technology as well. So yeah. mm-hmm. there's a lot of a lot of different mm-hmm. variables in there that that we need to we need to think about that go beyond um, you know just screen reader usage and and somebody that's completely blind that needs things that needs everything read to them. Yeah. Very good suggestions and, and very good tips as well, and and just the points good points about. Not all people who are blind actually ha- see everything in pitch black, but they actually have some sort of sort of vision as well. Mm. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, I think that's gonna we're gonna have to wrap it up there. Yeah, thanks yeah. so much for doing this with us, and I, I think I mean I've got a lot of out of it, and I think our listeners did too as well. Yeah, it's been uh, well. That's that's great. Uh, I mean, it was a pleasure, and and honestly, if there's, I I love exploring topics like this because they're they're. They're new and exciting, and everybody's yeah. excited about it. And if yeah. we can get people thinking about the accessibility side of it, exactly. while there's a lot of buzz about a particular type of topic, then then that's you know even better. So, yeah. uh, you know, do let me know if you want to explore any other topics. I'd love to. Definitely, excellent. <laughs> we will. Very cool. Thanks for joining us this morning. Yeah, and feel better. Yeah, <laughs> I will. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thanks, Eric. Bye bye. Bye bye. Okay then. Uh, I hope you guys could hear that because uh, mm-hmm. we have no idea what the sound was like. Our, uh, one of the mics gave up on us just before we uh, we called uh, Derek up. Well, we couldn't get it to work with Skype. Yeah, it, w- it was a bit more complicated than mm-hmm. we'd bargained for. So we 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 shared a microphone. Yeah. And, and um, well, that'll be fun. Since my voice is usually louder than it yours. Is, than... But I tried to hold it so that I was a little bit closer. Ah. Um, I try. I thought about that. Um, Manual so, tweaking. Yeah. So, so you, you all, all you are, I've got to give me little extra points for trying yeah. to to balance the sound. But um, yeah. we'll see. Now we're on separate mics again. Now, um, 
excellent fun talking to Derek. Yeah, the, I mean, I think he said everything that needs to be said, basically. Mm. Uh, we, it's not easy with infographics. Like mm. I mentioned, we're, we're basically throwing ourselves full circle back to the beginning mm. of the web, where we had websites with full images mm. that you just clicked on to go you know, forward yeah. and things. It is a lot of problems, and, and getting the and producing the ultimate mm. accessibility, perfect infographic isn't going to be cheap. Yeah. And it's going to be difficult catering for all types of, of um, accessibility issues and disabilities. Yeah, and basically, I mean, one of the points he makes, and I think everybody needs to think about, is whatever content you produce, whatever which way you produce it, you're always excluding somebody. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, and then on, t- on top of that with infographics, some of, the, some of the techniques we were talking about during the podcast or the interview mm-hmm. um, that would help make your infographic more accessible are going to reduce its shareability. Yeah. And that is the key thing. The key attractiveness mm-hmm. about infographics is they're so goddamn shareable. So if we do no- produce nice HTML5 um, interactive um, infographics, people aren't going to pin them on um, Pinterest, yeah. and they're not going to plaster them on their Facebook walls mm. in the same way. Exactly. And so you end up maybe okay. Maybe we have to do both, mm. but then oh, no, it, yeah. it's going to well, be a, yeah. But like like Derek said, with we're the link back to something that yeah. is accessible. Yeah, I'm yeah. gonna have to, I'm gonna dig into that. I like the yeah. I like the idea mm. of how we can maybe make it into images. I think we're going to struggle there to find something that's obvious. Um, mm. But uh, embedding something in mm. the image that helps you. Maybe even maybe even we can put some clear text on an image. Know, good contrast and so on that maybe makes it yeah that more people can see exactly yeah, we yeah. we make it well possible for for various people to realize there is an accessible version somewhere yeah. but that means then you you put it out at the same time mm. uh, or you alter the graphic afterwards but yeah. once your graphics out there it's out there yeah so you oh wow if only the qr codes would work the way we want them to <laughs> You see, yeah, now that would be yeah. oh well, a URL yeah. at least, but a QR yeah. code maybe. Maybe these things to play with here. Yeah, this could be fun. Coming That's up, it. coming up, Christmas show. Oh, dare we say what we're going to do? It's not completely. You know, well, we'll do a version of it. If, oh, yeah, right then, right. we'll do a we're, live we're, show. <laughs> we're hoping to do a live show mm. um, in a couple of weeks. Um, I'm, I need to... Well, in front of a live audience, at least. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, th- I think, well, given our record with microphones and getting them all to work, <laughs> we're not going to dare um, introduce more than three mics into the podcast. Yeah. Um, but hopefully that's what we're going to do. We'll record the podcast for the live audience. Mm. Um, uh, I'm not going to give any details, because we've got to really yeah. properly agree on it all. Mm. But, um, that'll hopefully be in a couple of weeks. Yeah. So just stay tuned and uh, remember to keep moving. And see you on the other side. You've been listening to UX Podcasts with James Royal Lawson and Pear Axeboom. Visit uxpodcast.com for more episodes and to subscribe to the show. UX Podcast, moving the conversation beyond UX. Thank you.